life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. We're back. Thank you, guys. So many of you have been writing in on the podcast. We, we keep asking for you to write in, and oh, are you writing in. We've done it to ourselves. We have. It's great. It's but fantastic. It's a, it's a great thing. It's We're fantastic. getting amazing emails. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, the, the, the one from Stonehaven in yeah. Scotland was totally. so cool to hear from people. Totally. We're hearing from people literally all over the world, which is great. We thank you. We actually have all the analytics to see all the, the unbelievable cities you guys are listening from. Thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, it is cool to see that. Uh, we're seeing lots of good car debates. We're also seeing lots of really good commentary on our TV episodes that are currently playing on Velocity. Yes, thank you so for that's that, really by the cool. way. I, hey, I'm glad good it's Good emails, there. people are tweeting at us. Hey, I totally. caught the episode and here's my opinion. Totally, just totally, love which is great. That. Thank you for that. Uh, just so you know, coming up in this podcast, this is a Topic Tuesday. Hey, happy Tuesday to you. We have a Topic Tuesday trying to figure out how do you kind of explain this car disease to friends and family? How do you do that? This is a question from Austin S. on Facebook. Yeah. And, and I think, Austin, that you meant it to be a, a quick thing, but I decided to turn this into a Topic Tuesday for yeah, Todd and I, like I because I, like it. I think there's more to this than you think there is. And I don't think we're going to solve it, but we're going to theorize <laughs> that a little bit. So we have that. We also have a car debate coming up. Of course, that'll yeah. be after the break. We have a car debate uh, coming up for uh, Blake riding in from LA. Uh, he uh, he has a lot of interesting cars in his garage, but he's looking for something else interesting to put in there. And many, 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 I say it every time, many, many social media questions are are at the back end of the podcast. It's great. That will yeah. as well. No, it's, it's fantastic. We've asked, and, and I love the variety of questions we're getting now and and we have exceptions but generally we try to not cover car debates in that range we cover all kinds of other stuff there's some really cool stuff coming up in this podcast for that yeah for sure and speaking of tv this episode six so this is the final new episode for season three coming up saturday Mm -hmm. august 11th 2018 7 30 eastern time Mm -hmm. in the morning but this is a couple of guys take the new rubicon jl off to moab because the reason we did that was the Easter Jeep Safari is, uh, of course, right around Easter time, and mm-hmm. that car was there. And so the FCA press fleet, they called me and said, hey, we realize you guys are in Park City. Yeah, we're coming back. The new Jeep is right there. Do you want me to drive it up to you? Yeah. And we said, yes, please. And then we went, what are we going to do with it? Well, let's drive it back down to Moab. Let's promptly so, turn around, drive it right back. And, and this, is, this is our adventure episode for this season. We try to do an adventure episode for every season. And, and the common thread in most of those is Paul and I put ourselves in a situation we aren't normally in. First season, it was drifting. Yeah. Last season, yeah. it was lemons racing. This season, it was, I've never off-roaded. Have you ever off-roaded? Let's go off-roading. So <laughs> it's actually very fun. My, my son went along, and so did Chance. So it's, it's an interesting yeah. foursome of us just having a ball. So that's going to be a really fun episode. But meanwhile, that is coming this Saturday. You're right. But meanwhile, this Friday, mm. if you have not seen any of this season, it will be available on both Vimeo and Amazon. So yes. that will be premiering there, and that will release one a week. And I actually want to clarify one thing real quick on Amazon. We've gotten a couple of questions about this. Oh, I'm glad and, you're taking the time. And That's I good. admit this is a bit confusing. I kind of feel like Amazon's done it to themselves. So I want to explain it. Um, Amazon Prime, you may know this, but you may not. Amazon Prime is Amazon's equivalent to Netflix. It is Amazon's streaming video service. Yes, yes. It is, it, honestly, if you look at the numbers, it is 
a bonus you get when you actually did Amazon Prime to get free shipping. I mean, like 75% of the people that do Amazon Prime do it for the free shipping. Well, they, okay. yeah, that's the so only you, reason, you I get, think. So, you, so then you get video as a result. Now, a lot of people know about Amazon Prime as a video service because of Grand Tour, because when you spend, <clears throat> wait for it, a quarter of a billion dollars to get the rights to a show, quarter of a billion dollars with a B. You can eat. You can go to dinner on that. You will. You will eat well. You can pay some people with yes. that. Yes, Clarkson will not be punching anybody for not getting a good steak when you're getting a quarter <laughs> of a billion. I'm wow. sorry. What? Wow, too you soon? went there. Too soon? I don't think so. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Too anyway, soon. so yeah. So when you get a quarter of a billion, yeah, there you go. So Amazon, like Netflix, creates a lot of their own original content. But unlike Netflix, Amazon also has pretty much anything you want to watch. Yes, any right. old movie, any new movie, uh, it's all on, and there. it's the, ever expanding. Every time I go to my huge. feed, hey, here's the new movies we have. The difference is, the difference is, Netflix doesn't have these two ranges. Netflix, if you pay the fee, everything on there is free. Right, right. But with Amazon, you can get on there, and there's tons of stuff. This is where it's confusing. Amazon Prime is the name of the video service. Now that you're on Amazon Prime, there is stuff that is listed as Prime. Mm-hmm. Just to confuse you further, which means. Now that you're here, thanks for coming. This is the stuff you can watch for free. This is all but included. But then there's tons of other stuff right. that you can rent. And trust me, I have a nine-year-old, and you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that we just randomly <laughs> find to watch. I like looking at your feed when I come over to your house. Like, oh, yeah, right. It's unbelievably varied, yes. He's so, been watching. But all of the new stuff, like the stuff that just came out, is almost always an extra fee mm-hmm. to rent or buy. Yes. 99% of that stuff, unless it happens to be something that Amazon created, you have to pay an extra fee for. Right. I say all of that because... Our first season of TV is on Amazon Prime and is free, listed as Prime, because that content's more than a year old now. Sure. Our second season is on Amazon Prime, the streaming service. I'm trying to be clear about this, but it is an extra fee because it's newer content. Right, right. So there's been a couple of questions about this, trying to understand the separation there. Eventually, our seasons will all, I guess, they will all time out and become just free streaming stuff. When they're a year or so old, that will happen. Sure, But in the short term, if you want to watch them now, they are an extra rental fee. Now, we're doing the discount thing where you can get the whole season for cheaper than if you got individual episodes. Or you can get the individual episodes. You can rent them. You can buy them. All of this is available. So season three begins this weekend on Amazon Prime. We did Amazon because, let's be honest, more people are on that than want to be on Vimeo. People are just aware. If you're international, you can get Vimeo, though. I was going to say. prices are the same. Right, right. And – Honestly, guys, we couldn't do it without our Absolutely presenting not. sponsor, Covercraft, alongside Griot's Garage, mm-hmm. Auto Tempest, and Brush Hero. And again, you've heard me say this before. If you use the code every day for both Covercraft and mm-hmm. Griot's Garage, Covercraft will give you free shipping. Griot's Garage will give you 10% off your order, which is pretty cool. And a lot of you have written to us and just said, hey, thanks. I needed mm-hmm. this. I needed a new cover. <laughs> I've never considered a cover. And, and thanks for the code because yeah. it pushed me over the edge. Yeah. And they see it on their end for their analytics. When every day comes through with the order, mm-hmm. they actually see that. And so that's a good thing for continuing sponsorship. My wife's becoming a believer in that sunshade. Took her a while. But now that we're in the it's heat awesome, of the summer, she's it? like, let me, let me find the sunshade because it does make a big, big yeah. difference. So that's going on. Oh, hey, by the way, big announcement. <laughs> We've been waiting, but here's the real announcement. Are, are you are you listening? Do I have you? Do I have? Are you? I here? think you do. Uh, you want to win a mini? <laughs> Would you like to win Spot the Mini? The raffle is now live. It's pretty cool. If you go to our website, everydaydriver.com, right there on the homepage, about halfway down, there are all kind of links to the raffle page. It is ten dollars a ticket. I'm going to try to cover the stuff that may be your primary questions, even though it's covered on there as well. It's ten dollars a ticket. Yeah, yeah. 
This raffle goes through the middle of September. We're going to announce the winner probably last week of September. If you're coming to the meetup in October, maybe you take your mini home. I'm just saying. <laughs> Drive that's your mini possible. Home. Possible. But, <laughs> but it is $10 a ticket. You can buy as many tickets as you'd like. If you are involved in this raffle, let's say you win this raffle. If we do future raffles, you can still enter in those. There's no restrictions on this. Right. Okay? And, yes. And I think the big caveat here is this is an experiment for us. This, this is, is our first test one. case. Absolutely it is. Which yes. is hence the mini. Yes, absolutely. We figured the mini was, was a small enough reality to try this out. Uh, we'll be really transparent with you guys through the whole process. Our intention is we would like to. This is the idea we had. When I sold my FRS, mm-hmm, we were a little yeah. bit bummed. I was a little bit bummed that it didn't go to somebody that was already following the show. Yeah, yeah. And... I wanted to figure out a way to kind of make that always be the case. When you and I get rid of one of our long-term cars, we wanted to go to one of you guys. Right, right. So this is where we came up with the raffle idea. If the Mini proves successful, and we, we're, what we're doing in all of these cases, the Mini is the starter, there will be a minimum number of tickets. If we sell a member, minimum number of tickets, which for the Mini will be 500 tickets, if we sell 500, the Mini's going to somebody. It's pretty cool. But I'm if actually we, hoping this works and I do but it goes if, through. But candidly, if we sell two, 200 of tickets... And it doesn't happen, then we're just going to refund all the money and keep moving on and go, that was an experiment. You'll also see a deal on the page there. So obviously $10 a ticket, but if you buy six, it's 50 bucks. That's true. So if you buy a block of six tickets, mm-hmm. then it's only $50. I mean, yeah. I have no idea how this is going to go. I have no idea. It could be somebody wins a mini for 60 bucks or 50 bucks yeah, yeah, or yeah. 10 bucks or Who something. Knows? And Who knows? Suddenly, I mean, maybe it's a car for somebody's 16-year-old as mm-hmm. they're starting to drive or... Who knows? There could be all kinds of reasons. Plus, it's the pickup truck. Totally. I'm telling you, when you're following the Mini, you can look through it and see the giant speedometer if you're ever doing follow footage. For whatever <laughs> if you ever reason. reason to drive really closely Just with saying, the hatch open, you'll see the really speedometer. Really useful yeah. for that. It really that speedometer. Is. I don't think they were thinking of that. The they weren't. That team didn't think of that. They didn't we got think I was going to look at that. You're right. We got extra benefit. You can tell how fast you're going without looking inside your own car. That's quite impressive. Yes. Yeah, so go to the page there. But there's also, I wanted to mention this before, and that is the Patreon page for Patreon oh, creators. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And we have put this out there before, but I don't think we've mentioned this for probably a year-ish, somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, it's been a while. We mentioned it last it's time. It's been a while. It's been this a while, is, yeah. Uh, if you are able and want to support the show, that is where you can go, our patron page mm-hmm. on patreon.com. So go there yeah. and you can find the various levels. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it's turned in, like you said last time, the Everyday Driver Board of Directors. Just the, about, The yeah. folks that jump onto our monthly hangout calls, and yeah, that is on level, Zoom, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, it's more of kind of an inside to what Todd mm-hmm. and I are thinking next for, say, the film, or what's coming for the next season. And we talk cars, and it's, you know, we hear from you guys more in a, in a close way, and, and we appreciate your input even yeah, closer. Cool. So, and, and that's just to support the show. And like I said, it's going right back into production. Mm-hmm. That's where our headspace is at. Completely. You've delivered all the episodes, which I'm so thrilled yeah. and now we're transitioning into season four even though we haven't quite finished with season three well and i just shot a long term so on, cool. on my wife's cayenne i've got another long term on the lotus coming we've got other fast blasts in the can we've yeah got all kinds of stuff that's not even tv that's still happening i've got oh, the expedition by the way, to do totally. and the, the next long term on the gts and, and by the way in case you didn't know we're actually raffling off a car <laughs> wouldn't it be crazy this. if we did that once a year that's what we'd like to do maybe we'll do it actually once a year that would be nuts anyway thank you guys for being yeah. with us let's actually try to tackle this topic Tuesday, uh, convincing your friends about the car disease. This is the question. Well, Austin's particular thought here was, how do you per- convince your friends that driving can be fun mm-hmm. and the cars you don't dr- you drive don't have to be boring and strictly the point A to point B device, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a lot of people. And the appliance thinking, yeah. I, I want to start out, Austin, by this. It's a can of worms, I know. <laughs> I realize this, but it's about football and it's about sports in the South. 
Okay. I was at some friend's house this evening and mm-hmm. having some dinner, and they're from Alabama. Okay. Birmingham. Okay. And so they got to talking about football with another guy that was there, and he's from Austin. Uh-oh. And they started to talk football because it's this the just the barely we're on the cusp of the training season and mm-hmm. going into not just the college football but the pro season and so the conversation went back and forth and then the school rivalries uh, kicked in Michigan brought got brought up all the schools in the south I mean well and in the south football is borderline is, religion oh, oh my it genuinely gosh. is so all these schools got brought up and they were comparing a lot of quarterbacks and you know new guys and you zoned out and looked at your watch. I did. I I had glassy eyes and mm-hmm. I was looking down at my watch thinking, but you know what? These guys are into that because mm-hmm. conversely, they have shown interest when I start talking cars. But I can tell. Yeah, their eyes start to glaze. At some point, over you lose them. Yeah. Say okay, so yeah, you've got to. <laughs> All right, that's what you're shooting. Okay, and I'm going. No, it was so special yeah. with this yeah, yeah. car. You don't understand. And I think, Austin, that's where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. So to start with, you've got to determine if there's a flicker of interest. What are the ingredients that we're working with here in mm-hmm. your friends? Mm-hmm. Are they even remotely interested or is it just simply a device? Do they ignore the thrill of going around a corner and nailing an apex or is that still just a chore or mm-hmm. is it kind of frightening or is it yeah, good question. all those kinds good of things? Question, that's yeah. the baseline because if there's no interest... I mean, as my mom always said, you can lead a horse to water, right? Yeah, sure. sure Can't sure. make him drink. And and so you've got to say, all right, if there's an interest, that's something that you can nurture and encourage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, me with college football, I'm going, I, <laughs> guys, I don't know a whole lot about what Excellent. you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, I live here in Utah. Of course, there's the BYU football team and Utah, the Salt Lake Real team. But there's yeah. not a pro football team. Yeah. Well, yeah, Real is soccer. And you've got BYU versus the Utah University, University of Utah. Utah and that's the big rivalry here. Yeah, There's that course. here, certainly. And then there's, you yeah. know, I went to a visual arts, visual communication <laughs> you didn't college. exactly have a football team. No, that was... <laughs> the arts sitter easels. <laughs> Who are we? What, what are we doing? Knives. Yeah, exactly. Something. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I don't have a background. I'm just coming from a different place, but I totally respect others who are coming from a, a yeah. completely different place. And they were, they're kind of, they like cars, but yeah. one guy was like, I miss my pickup truck. I'm like, yeah, I bet you do. You're <laughs> sure you do. Spending your summer in Park City and live in Austin. So yeah. I, I definitely get it. So I just wanted to caveat that by saying everybody's got their interest level. I really tried mm-hmm. to keep up. I was doing my best, but they did leave me in the dust. Of course they did. Well, but actually, you've touched on the part of this I wanted to talk about with Austin and in general. See, Austin, what I wonder about this question is, are you dealing in the situation with people who genuinely don't get it? Are they asking you why you like cars? Are we that far down the road? Right, which is the difference. And, 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 I, and I actually think that does happen. I mean, it's happened to me before. People are like, oh, you like cars. That's cool. I have a, an insert car they don't care about here, and then... Uh, and often mm-hmm. it's a, I have a Prius. It's the best car of our own. And, I, and my, my follow-up question is, what cars have you owned? <laughs> exactly. But anyway, but but no, seriously. The, Who else is competing? But, but exactly. That's, I'm telling you. Uh, but, but Austin, here's my, my question is, are they coming from, and I don't mean that to be combative, but are they coming from a, a, a lack of interest that's that far down? Are they mm-hmm. actually asking you to justify it? I'm going to start there. You mean justify his own position? Are they, of why are they? Yeah, are they asking you why? Like defend thyself versus saying versus saying. Oh, no, I don't know if I like cars that much. Maybe I'd be interested. Forget that. Like we're further down the road than that sure. to a place of just. Why do you like cars so much? Mm-hmm. And and I, and I don't mean it as a combative question. They're genuinely asking because they don't get it. 
Sure. So sure. I want to start there because the biggest biggest place to start there is this. And you've already touched on it, Paul, with football. I joke about it with watches. This friend that's talking to you, what is their thing? Right. What right. is it? What is it? I, I don't know. I have no idea. You know, it could be art. It could be watches. It could be, uh, you know, travel ex- accessories, travel, whatever it is. Sure. What is their thing? What is that, their hold on which to pour money? Well, yes. And what is the thing that once you start talk, getting them talking about it, they're gone. Here's the next half hour. Find out what that is mm-hmm. first. Is that kind because, of where you're going? Especially if they're friends of yours, you probably know. You probably already know. Yeah. And so my yeah. point is use that as a touchstone reference. Yeah. What do you like? I'll give you two examples that I don't get, but I know people love. I don't get golf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went on a cruise recently with my wife and son. They had a blast, and I could not wait for us to be done. <laughs> Still love the stories okay. from the cruise ship. My wife and son was had howling. so much fun. And my wife and I had like a like a real like crisis of faith moment when it was done because she was like, "How did you not like that?" Yeah, <laughs> and so we had to have like one of those. Okay, you're married and you're having a talk. <laughs> we had to have a talk about the cruise, right? Right. Because she she didn't. I, I tried very hard to walk this line of not taking anything away from their their enjoyment. I wanted. I was thrilled they enjoyed it. Right. There's no way to no I reason just, to be this stick yeah, exactly. in the mud over here. But I just or, I wasn't enjoying myself. Sure. Okay. But but my <laughs> my point to you here, Austin, is find out what your friends like and then equate it to that reality. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. almost better if they like something that they're really passionate about that you don't care about. And it's not to be it's yeah. not to be slapping them that. back, but it's just going the, this excites you. And I'm going to go further into the driving part in a minute, but try to try to connect on that base human level of what's the thing that just you want to go do that sure sure and because yes they may not understand why but driving can be that for those of us listening to this podcast i don't get watches but yet well i get watches i know you do but yet i i have enough of an intellectual understanding to see the reasons people like them mhm mm-hmm. i understand intellectually the reasons people enjoy golf i don't connect with it at all yeah, and you and I have talked about team sports a lot too, just based on our own growing up. That's not up. who you and I are. That's true. I That's mean, true. I was on the swim team in high school, and I I played water polo, so that was definitely a team sport. Sport, but definitely, you know, from a swimming standpoint, it's uh, it's along the lines of race car drivers. You're on a team, but really the team mm-hmm. is the guys taking care of your car. You're just running a second car over here with four guys <laughs> taking care of your car. It's still kind of an individualistic sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. I mean, there's. It's a fine line, but, you know, baseball, football, soccer, all those kinds of things mm-hmm. are definitely more so. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so just our own experiences growing up, I think, have shaped you and I and, yeah. and our ability and thoughts about them. But I, touching on what you were saying, that friend that is mm-hmm. into whatever it is, start to dive a little deeper. There is the, you know, the first level, and then when you get down to a little bit of minutia on why you're into that particular thing mm-hmm. about, okay, so what's your favorite brand? You're into travel or you're mm-hmm, into, mm-hmm. you know, an airline or a, a favorite city or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, tell me why. Tell, tell me a little bit more about what that feeling is because mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to for all sure of us. Sure it does. Sure it does. Yeah, is yeah. the driving feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's what it does for us. And so that's where I'm at with, uh, before we dive into a few other things like racing events and just <laughs> getting that friend in a hot car with an excellent or pro driver. Yeah, yeah. Just seeing what modern, normal tires can do. Street tires mm-hmm. is astounding in the hands Agreed. of an excellent amateur Agreed. pro driver. Yeah. It's astounding. When I totally. went with Ron Simons on the ring, yeah. and you went with yeah, him on yeah. Spa in a Lotus 211, yes. 
up Eau Rouge, around Radion. Holy cow. And these yeah. are street tires. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Un- well, unreal. And, and, and along those lines, the second step, after you've kind of had this first conversation, Austin, I think is to find out your friend's car experience. Because as we've talked about, this led us mm-hmm. on the CUV discussion one time. We talked about the fact that if you your experience with cars is you grow up riding around in the family's large SUV or minivan, and now you get to drive and you drive the large SUV or minivan, and you've never driven something small, light, focused, etc., you have no life experience that tells you, I could be in something different. So what do you buy? You buy something large. Mm-hmm. Okay. Similarly, if you have never been in anything that has kind of a car passion to it, if all of the cars that person has experienced have been appliance-style cars, mm-hmm. then of yeah. course a cars are appliances. Sure. Of course they are. Sure. You know, I look at the cars that I had growing up that were just the well, mostly they were Caprice Classics because my dad was inexplicably obsessed. <laughs> but Jaguar E types and Caprice Classics. Somebody asked me recently, yeah. when when did you get Seeing into cars? It. And I realized, I realized I was that kid long before YouTube existed. I was that kid that knew all the stats. I would have been a terrible YouTube kid. <laughs> I was a kid that knew all the stats between like thirteen and sixteen. I knew all everything. Right, knew right. Everything. And then I promptly, starting at sixteen, was in a progression of mostly terrible, boring ignore them cars sure yeah and it kind of killed that part of me a little bit it went very very subterranean and then i got that 300 zx and now i had a sports car and had a car i loved that a car i lusted after and it just came roaring back that was the beginning if you've never had that car uh, kind of passion to begin with and you've then had boring cars Try to see if you can get that friend in an experience. And I'm not talking a go scare them experience. I'm just talking about no, can we no. get them in something that is totally different to understand. You can do lots of things. You could have an average refrigerator. You can have an average watch. Mm-hmm. You can have an mm-hmm. average stereo. It's when you get with the person. I'll go with stereos for a second. You get with the person that knows stereos, an audiophile, and they go, let me share with you what a really good stereo sounds like or a person that knows wine, or pick your whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. You can be at any level at the kind of entry level, this is fine experience. But if you get with somebody that knows and can bring out the good stuff, that starts to shape your perception of, oh, I didn't know we could go this way. And cars are like that. Austin, every person has some sort of connection to cars. And the yeah. connection yeah, can yeah. be what your parents drove, good or bad, mm-hmm. a cool uncle, a cool friend of your dad's. I, I remember riding in a, I think it was a 76 XKR, XJR, that my dad's friend, he was a real estate guy named Bob okay. Wolf oh, okay. in Fort Collins, and Bob had the coolest cars and a <laughs> in-car cell phone and all this cool stuff. When it was the one like bolted to the chassis. Bolted yeah. with the curly Q antenna <laughs> at the back of the glass and... It just seared into my mind. I was yeah, going, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were so cool. <laughs> and then another friend who, uh, man, he had a Dodge Laser, I think it was. A Dodge Laser. Something like I that. I love it. Unbelievable. And I thought that was the fastest, coolest car of yeah, yeah. ever. And he took me for a ride and just burned in my little brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I come back to, you know, if you and I can do that for kids as well. I, oh, sure. Absolutely, because you never know what that'll kindle. But anyway, back to the you know the thing in their life that made an impression, good or bad, mm-hmm. and try to start mm-hmm. digging into that. You know, okay, it was a bad experience. Why? Why? What? What happened? Mm-hmm. Were you in an accident? Were you, mm-hmm. you know, what was that? Or if it was a good experience, why was it? And then start to nurture and kindle that. And of course, we're making the assumption that there is a flicker of interest. And yeah, they may not. If there's not, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to say you're wasting your time. But on the other hand. 
if you're not into something that your friend is, there's nothing they can do to convince you, and that's yeah. fine. You can yeah. just I'm not being swayed cool. on watches. This is fair. Yeah. I get that. But I get that. But that's the thing. Right. Austin, there there I mean, Paul and I are talking about as we do, we're not talking about the same thing. Paul and I are talking about the two layers of this. Layer one is your friend is just going, I don't get it. Why do you like cars? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Layer two is I kinda like cars. Either one of those, the, the first one, you can at least explain yourself and be like, let me put it into your terms. The second one is there are so many layers, and we could go for the next hour. We won't, but we could, about if you have a friend <laughs> who's kind of interested, how do you get them more interested? And I would just say it is that car life experience. And that could be autocross. That could be karting. Go to like a K1 speed indoor electric carts. Have they done that? Because even That's a great that, place. Yeah. even that, which is, isn't expensive and doesn't feel like real cars, but you can feel so much of what it's doing that in certain cars starts to translate back out of the carts into real life. But it's so different. If, you're, if your friend drives a Suburban and you take them karting, these two things do not relate. Mm, yeah. But yeah. you can then talk about the karting and be like, some of that experience is available in a sports car. I'm going to leave you with another thought, Austin, and that okay. is appealing to your friend in terms of car control. And what Todd mm. is saying is an excellent way to get there. And what did it for you was ownership. Yeah, but what absolutely. if you can't afford to get there quite yet? Totally. So you're, totally. you know, maybe it's a gift certificate and you guys go to a school and you get mm. them in a, mm. here's what a car can feel like at the hands of a person that knows what they're doing. Sure, sure, sure. Whoever that is. Yeah. And then maybe they join you at a one day, you know, track, you know, event, if possible, HPD sure. event, something like that. And you step by step, maybe you go to a race together and you appreciate more things about whatever it is. You do I, one of those Vegas five laps yeah. for whatever thing. Yeah. I, we've had a lot of people that have written to us about that too. Yeah. I mean, that is, that could be compartmentalized in the category of, wow, I'll never get this there. This was park. Yeah. You know, but kind of start to relate it. But then back to this car control is... Do you want to be a better driver? Do mm. you notice things about that you're driving that you think, I don't really know mm. how to take mm. a corner properly? Mm. And that is just downshifting, coming into second, and taking a right. <laughs> yeah. I've seen so many people do it terribly. The right over here at Kimball Junction where sure. you and I are. Oh, gosh, yes. People do it so poorly. Well, but you, you've and talked. And they lose so much speed. Yeah, you, I know. You've talked before about the difference between steering. Exit speed, people. Yeah, I know. Come on. <laughs> I don't care if you have groceries in the trunk. Minivans are not ready for me when I'm behind them. They <laughs> don't on. understand why I was a block away when we entered the corner, and now I'm on their bumper. All over and you. I didn't do anything spectacular. Exactly. I didn't even try to get It's just like, hi, here I, I am. I had a different line through the corner. Anyway, but, 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 you, but you've coined this before, and I think it's actually right on. The difference between steering and driving and how we're taught to drive in this country is we're taught to steer. Yeah. yeah. Driving is much more involved and as a result, much more rewarding. But you've got to, you've got to make that leap. Ideally. And not, yeah. and not everybody's going to make that leap. Yeah. My parents are always going to be steering. Always. Just Always. pointing the nose in mm-hmm. the direction that Google Maps says. My parents point. are not drivers, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's fine, all right? And my wife, I would say, has progressed a lot, as have I, has progressed a lot in the time I've known her. Yeah, okay? she has. She, yeah. she used to be much more of a girl who was driving point A to point B. Sure. And yeah. now she's she. we have this great section on I-80 here. Breaks the sport mode button off on yes, your Yes, she does. She can't figure out why it isn't always on. <laughs> like, and I appreciate that in her. Jabs at it. But, but you know, there's the this section of I-80 that is these, these high-speed curves. And she complains all the time about how the people that drive on there can't seem to maintain their speed, mm-hmm. which yeah. makes me laugh. I love that that's, that's her concern. But, you know, that's the thing yeah. is, is 
some of us are always going to steer, but if you want to drive, there's a different thing. And we could get into autocrossing and tractors. We'd go crazy. But I think find out where your friends are and find out, if you will, this is going to sound weird, where do you want to get them to? Is it just, I don't mean this to sound tacky, are you just looking for a standoff of they now go, oh, okay, I get your perspective, which is fine. And the end, you're talking. And that that may be the case with some of your friends. Or is it people that you're wanting to actually progress because they're kind of curious? Hopefully something in here is helpful. But but I do come back to the thing that you always joke about. Everybody has a place they put their money. And I'm going to say it's a place they put their passion to. Yeah, yeah. Find where that is. And almost, if it's something that they like that you don't, Austin, you're almost better off. Mm-hmm. Because now you can yeah. be like, see, I don't get that. Explain do. blank to me. Exactly. Yes. But you get that. I don't get that. So this, these are our opposing sides, which is great. I mean, ultimately, if it got people to better car control, I'd love that. Of course it would. That'd be is nice. Is that aspirational for everybody? <laughs> not necessarily. No, it's not. That's why we preach tires and all that stuff. Yes, but, many other things. Yeah, just getting them to a place of, you know what? I learned a skill. I'm actually feeling more confident in situations around tractor trailers mm-hmm. or on ramps or I know what to do now. Mm. Wow, my world is open. I'm kind of seeing things with fresh eyes. I'm using both hands on the steering wheel. I'm not distracted anymore. I'm, all those things you'll notice about yourself. Yeah. What I find fascinating, and you and I have bumped in this a few times here locally. We'll get into a couple of the groups that we're in. And every now and then somebody will say, yeah, and they hear about what we do, and they're like, yeah, I I never really got cars, and I don't enjoy driving. And I have to kind of, like, reset my brain <laughs> when, that, when that's said. I know. And just go, okay. Uh, Let me take you for a ride? Well, but, but no, it's not even that. It's just a, uh, trying at that point to understand, explain to me why you don't like to drive. What don't you like to drive? What, what don't you like about it? Not because I'm trying to con- convince you or change you. No, I just want to no, understand no. because that's so not my experience. Let me figure out where you are so we can at least have a common language <laughs> because the only yeah. common language we have is you own a car and so do I. Right, and, and that might be stops. the extent of it. It, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anyway, well, Austin, thank you for writing. If you've got a topic Tuesday you think we can dissect and slice the onion very thinly, yes. we'd love to hear it. Look, that piece is transparent. <laughs> and if you've got your own car debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can go to the website when you sign up for the Utah Car Meet and enter into the yes, mini raffle. First, first weekend of October. There's a lot of stuff Crazy. going on on the website right now. So go there. Under the far right, there's an About tab, and right underneath is the Mm -hmm. Contact button. Mm -hmm. You can reach us there and love to hear from you. Send us your own story. We will get to the next debate. We've got a quick break. Guys, we're coming right back. This whole car buying process that Todd and I talk about all the time, you think to yourself, why can a car park itself these days, but we have to drive across town to take a test drive if we want to just try out a new car? You might also be asking, why can we all get approved for a mortgage in lightning speed, but buying a new car takes an entire day? And finally, how can a home test service tell my entire ancestry for the past millennium, but I don't get to see the price and it's hidden from me for a new car until I actually buy it? Hyundai is solving this. They've got the future of car buying here now with their Shopper Assurance Program. They'll give you flexible test drives, test drives that come to you. How cool is that? Transparent pricing for your convenience. You can know what the car's price is. A streamlined purchase process. You don't have to spend the whole day at the dealer. And even a three-day worry-free exchange. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for all the information. That's HyundaiUSA.com for their brand new shopper assurance program. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. It's kind of weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might also not know about. 
TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid. You know, so you'll know if you're getting a good deal before you buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, guys, I think I've mentioned this before, but I actually used to host a country music station. We have a new sponsor, it's Wrangler Jeans, and I read the copy and I thought, there's only one way to do this. Deep breath, Wrangler Jeans, you ready? Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability and applying it to a new line of modern fits and styles. Wrangler jeans are made for the modern-day adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, a price that works for everyone. We've even got vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selections of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear, all for men and women. Wrangler, denim made for the modern world. That was proper. Yeah. Blake wrote to us. He's in L.A. Yeah. About his wife and baby girl. He's got a three-month-old girl. And they live in the suburbs of L.A. five minutes from the canyons of Malibu. That's a good place to be. Roads we know well. We actually started out shooting a lot in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amazing roads. We discovered a lot about ourselves and our driving, as a matter of fact, Blake. (laughs) He has this no quarter's <laughs> tighter than I thought it was. Okay, I'm okay. I was, exactly. wasn't for a second, but now I am. The views are great when you pop out and you're going southbound. You see yeah, the be ocean. careful. You don't go right off the edge there. There are no guardrails. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. All right, so he says no real time in his life to do track days, mm-hmm. but his car hobby exists. Yeah. And he drives in towns. He drives on the Canyon Road, short road trips, cars and coffee meets, and a lot of tinkering. And Blake is the first person that I think has written in who owns a Morgan three-wheeler. He may be the only person that will write in that owns a Morgan three-wheeler. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing I love about this current Talk garage. About a garage. We're talking about two very recent cars. His daily is a 2018 Volvo S90. Very cool sedan. Oh, yeah. His wife is a 2017 Lexus RX350. These are recent cars on lease. And you look at that garage and you just think, that's very normal car work. Yeah, very great. great. Fine choices, whatever. Yep. Next to that is the Morgan three-wheeler, <laughs> which is, is – uh, and actually, I think it was Blake that actually wrote to us when I talked about the Spectrum of Sacrifice. And he said, I got your Spectrum of Sacrifice right here. I no have a Morgan kidding. three-wheeler. Which really does reset the bar. And I'm going to say, because I have a Spectrum of Sacrifice video coming up. That's going to be great, yeah. I think the Spectrum of Sacrifice does require you to have doors and Mm. a roof. Hmm. 
Otherwise, you're in a whole different planet. And that's where the Lotus 211 lives and the Ariel Atom and the Morgan three-wheeler. You no longer have doors and a roof. Uh I think you're in a different category now. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. But So I love that you've got a Morgan. And you've said, this car stays forever. Which is awesome. It is. Oh, man. Yeah. So this Morgan... I love that you laugh every time you drive it. Mm-hmm. And he says, I inflate the front wheels with a hand pump. Oh, like a, yeah, like a bicycle <laughs> pump, I'm sure. It was a lot of fun when somebody was asking me. I said, I've got a bail. I've got to go podcast with Todd. And mm-hmm. they said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, Blake wrote to us. He's got a Morgan three-wheeler. And they nodded like they kind of knew. Like they knew what that was. You they're like, like no. wait, what is that? Yeah. So I pulled up my phone. And here's a Morgan three-wheeler. Yeah. And they go, cool car. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's totally different. But what Blake is looking for is something between the Morgan and the Volvo. <laughs> Talk All about the these. specter of sacrifice. <laughs> Most of the car world is between those two, Blake. Uh, this is a exactly. wide swath of the world. So here's the deal. He has written to us that all of these cars are staying. He's adding, that's right, a fourth car mm-hmm. to the garage with a garage of past cars that he's driven that include a lot of really nice BMWs, mm-hmm. a 95 Chevy Impala SS, a couple of cool Nissan car. Sentra's SERs, the turbo kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those crazy little things. What else? Uh, Volkswagen Golf R, mm-hmm. so the 2013 Golf R, but he's had a 2015 M235i. He's had, yeah. he's had a 98 BMW 740i. He's had... Gosh, uh, what else? 75 BMW 2002. So No more BMWs. He's an enthusiast. <laughs> well, I, you, you I've picked got one anyway, BMWs. Though, you? I, okay, well, good. I actually have four to consider. Uh, of course you did. Okay. But what he's saying is these previous choices have felt too numb and boring for the streets despite their great drivetrains. Yeah. M235i and Golf R were looking in your direction. Yeah. But he says, I actually have fond memories of that Nissan Sentra SER. Mm-hmm. Just, it, it's just a cube. It's just a box. But it was so much fun. And he said, Playful. It's got personality. Very much so. Yeah, and he said, yeah, ideally, yeah. this next car would be something that excites while still being functional enough that his wife might be comfortable in it. Yes, because by the way, by the way. <laughs> Morgan three-wheeler? She, I get the impression <laughs> more comfortable? that she takes a wide berth walking around the parked Morgan three-wheeler. <laughs> I mean, she, her demeanor, sure. according to Blake, her demeanor is, this is the thing that's going to kill you, honey. That's mm. her fa- feeling on the Morgan three-wheeler. Yeah, right. So she's not getting anywhere near getting in it, let alone riding around in it or driving. None of that is happening. He's hoping to find a fun car for canyons, cars and coffee, this kind of thing, that his wife might actually, I don't know, get in or, <laughs> let's be really crazy, could consider driving. Right. But but yet, but if you think about how fringe, and I do mean that in the best way, how fringe the Morgan three-wheeler is, we need to be in that world yeah. but usable. Yeah. Well, he says the classics that he might be attracted to, Mm -hmm. they've got to light up his senses, the smells, the noises, the mechanicals. He said, I don't care about reliability. I don't care about the gizmos, the electronics. (laughs) And even functionality is kind of a gray area here. Mm, That could mm. be me coming back and forth because he actually suggested things that he's considering are an early 70s Pantera. Notice that. And he said, eh, maybe this is a horrible idea, but still, I have a Morgan, so you know that's how I think. Yeah. But he's considered Alfa Romeo GTV from the 60s or 70s. Those are cool. He's considered a 3.2 Porsche Carrera, which I like. Yeah, the, the, the one with the G50 from the ladies. Yep. That's, a, that's a really cool car. He's thought of the 987 Cayman, the 997 Carrera, Ferrari F355, but he does kind of double gulp at that engine out totally. maintenance totally. thing. Yep. yep, yep. Or something out of left field like a Volvo P1800. 
any of the Lotus E cars, Elan, Elise, Savora, mm-hmm. Jaguar E Type, Porsche 356, or the, you know, say a pre 75 smog exempt 911. Mm-hmm. And he says this budget is complicated <laughs> because I think what he's saying is I can justify anything that really stirs his heart. Yeah. From a, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna keep it under, I'll say seventy ish somewhere. I in guess there. based on his description, I'm guessing, and the stuff that he's listed, he's looking at, with like the the G50 uh, 3.2 Carrera and the Pantera. I think we're dealing in fifty to seventy k. I think that's I the mean approximate ballpark. But you're right. There's no hard and fast. That's rule a here. lot of money. It's a lot of money for a lot of choices. We get that. Yep. We get that. All right. So I've got a list of things, and I think I have the car that you should land on. Because it is different than anything else. But I'm jumping in with some BMWs. I think you should take a serious look at that 2011 1M. Okay. Like that. I love your 356 idea. And I love maybe a 914 to look at. But back to the BMWs. Mm, okay. Any E30 M3 that you can afford. has, has See, that's actually excellent. The noises, the mechanicals, who cares about the electronics. Mm-hmm. They're generally reliable. I'll say that with a quavering voice. Well, but I think most people that drive M3s, M3s luckily are living in a world of enthusiasts now where the people that have them, I think with exceptions, generally drive them and make sure they run right. Yeah, true. So it's not just a random BMW that people are like. I think the E46 is in a problem place in the, com- comparatively. Oh, Because sure. I think the E46 sure. is owned by some enthusiasts that have got money and want it to run and some people that are just so thrilled to have one, but yet they're slowly running into the ground because they can put no money into it. Well, yeah. The I mean, E30 M3s, those are driver cars. Mm-hmm. And I think if you get one that is in the average, like it may be a 10-footer. It's not pristine when you're up close, but this person drove it and they keep it running well. I think that car, you said your 2002 was a money pit. Unfortunately, I've never heard any other story than 2002s are <laughs> money pits. Right. But I think E30s really... As much as I don't want you in another BMW, I think that may be the only exception to that rule for me. I think that's a great one. It's up there because I keep thinking about your wife and Mm -hmm. actually what if the two of you went out to dinner or something in this car. But then I keep thinking about your noises and mechanicals Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. questionable functionality reliability (laughs) proclivities. You'd like a questionable car. We could help you, sir. Back and forth. And if you own a Morgan, a BMW Isetta might be for you. Who knew? There's who the owner is right there. But the last you could double park it with the Morgan three wheeler and still have space behind. Your wife walk out the garage and be like, "What have you done?" Can you imagine? (laughs) Just paint that visual in your mind. The last BMW I think you should actually take a close look at is the eighty nine to ninety one BMW Z one with the vertical doors, the doors that drop into the body. Can you even ship those over here? I found two of them for sale in the U.S. Did you really? What are they running? They're expensive, admittedly. They're like sixty grand, but wow. low miles, like ten thousand miles. <laughs> it's it's like BMW does a Wrangler. That's what I've always thought of. <laughs> oh it's like, hmm, let's see how many pieces we can take off of this. Keep driving it. Super cool. The designer was one of the guys that ended up going to design the nine eight six Boxster, the mm-hmm. original Boxster. I like the the quirkiness. It's not the fastest, most powerful, but it's just fun. The doors drop into the tub. It's a talking point. Instant conversation, instant friends. Yeah. It it could work, but I get they're expensive. So if we're going to spend okay. that kind of money, okay. and you said this Nissan Sentra SER really lit your candle. Yeah. How about a 92 Ford Escort, Escort RS Cosworth? Whoa. It's a box that everybody will fawn over. Yeah. They're expensive. Are, are they actually even this cheap? 
Are they in this world? I'm guessing those are six-figure cars, aren't they? They might be. They might be. But if you shop hard and you put it out there that you're looking. So the 92 to 96 Ford Escort RS. That's that's pretty hardcore. double wing on the back. Yeah. Actually, you might be able to do it. You might, depending on the car. Wheeler dealers actually restored one, and they sold it for a pretty good amount, but it wasn't 100 grand. Hmm. Okay, okay. Because it's a box that everybody who's a car enthusiast will go, what? One of those Where showed up. Yeah, one of those showed up. Or, you know what? I love the visual of one of those running the L.A. Canyons. Oh and not trying gosh. to, who in the L.A. Canyons? Just running. Just just, just running at like yep. 80% through the L.A. Canyons and just making that noise. And there. Did that really just go by? Yeah. That's cool. I like exactly. that. That's interesting. All right. All right. The last thing, well, it's m- many thoughts, but it's, it's along the lines of what JDM Legends could provide or mm. Montu Motors in Tampa, Florida. I see where you're going. There's top rank international vehicle importers in Cypress, California, and then finally Japanese Classics LLC in Virginia. Wow. Look at you. Where you could go get yourself an R32 Skyline GTR. Yeah. Talk about different mm-hmm. your wife would ride with you she might not want to drive it <laughs> well she could get in on the driver's side and wonder where the wheel went that's what would really happen exactly. would, i thought i was driving nope right head drive but i'm just saying is this your new project and if it's not chasing those cars and what they already have on their websites by the mm-hmm. way i found mm-hmm. the mazda az1 the autozam for 16.9 oh. on there that I have to show you. I shouldn't like that car as oh. much as I do. It's all bad news. $16,900, and it's, it's all perfect. Bad news. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ready to go. By the way, one of you recently sent me an Isuzu, <laughs> the Via Cross. Yeah, the Via Cross. <laughs> on your local Craigslist. Is that really doing it, it for pristine. you? It was pristine. Really? I looked at that ad far longer than really? I should have. I was like, really? Am I really That's looking at this? That's a car just, for yeah. a particular person. Apparently, I am that weirdo. <laughs> That's 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 the particular person that I am. Yes, Blake. Last car for you is an Acura NSX, first generation. That's a special, different car that completes your garage. Mm, I like that, and one. it's reliable. Okay, that's why I came to it. Your wife might even drive it because mm-hmm. that was the whole point of an NSX when it came out: drive it like a Civic or an Accord, totally. or wind it up and go have fun at a track. Okay. That okay. was the whole point, and that was that offshoot of the JDM cars that I was suggesting. Because those are out there. That's a bit of a mm-hmm. wild hair. I get that. But if you want to pull it back, go get yourself an NSX. For forty to $50,000, you can get nice ones. You can get a really nice one. Like 92s, as, 95s. Yeah. As we're talking here, I just yeah. had a thought that kind of surprises me, but I want to put it out here. All right. I don't think this is necessarily your car, but Blake, a car I want you to go drive is the current Mustang Shelby GT350, preferably the R. Oh, because that is about as modern as as it gets. As far I mean, look at it; it's a one-year-old car, but it has a surprising amount of raw, old-school personality, and one of the most unique engines out there right now. Oof! I don't know that that's your car, but you're in the price point for it, and I think you should go drive it. That's not the top of my list for you, but I think I think it's worth it to go give that car a try. I feel like I suggested too many cars, but they're so I see where diverse. You're Most of the ones I went are much here. much older and more raw than that. But that just struck me. If we were talking about a modern car, that might that might do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've listed some interesting things. I really like your Pantera idea. It's interesting <laughs> because the thing about a Pantera is you're in the right price point. They're incredibly interesting. They're one of those cars that you've got it. I mean, I remember there was a guy that brought a pristine one to the LA Cars and Coffee every week, and it was it was like one of those where if he could get it chromed, it was chromed in the engine bay. Yeah, and it was spotless, theoretically reliable. 
forward yeah, power. But here's the thing. If you have the the ability to just work on it and get what it needs. Which he might. And I get that sense from Blake is that he's, he's willing to just do sure. that. Yeah. So I actually – I see where you are on that and I like the Pantera. I followed that line of thinking and I have two other thoughts for you that I don't know you've thought of. Hmm. What about a classic – of course, they're all classic at this point – a Lotus Esprit. Oh, take that's... your pick. Ooh. Take your pick. Not known to be the world's most reliable cars, but 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 lay it alongside the Ferrari 355. A breeze to own by comparison. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I guess. Seriously, I'm cowering at the thought Seriously. of owning a car like so, that. So so look into the Lotus Esprit. You could go with the the little turbos. You could go with the V8s. Mm. How recent do you want to go? This is a car with. Old school, raw feeling. You don't see very many of them. We've got one here. We're going to get in for yes, a fast Yes, totally. Post. We're going to get into like a 70s, a really cool one. Yeah. But you can yeah. go all the way up the 80s and 90s, and those cars are still far more raw and interesting than a lot of modern stuff. Go shop Lotus Esprit. I think that might be because that's a car that when it's running really well, you can take your <laughs> wife out for the night to a nice restaurant. Can't you say that about any a, car, though, <laughs> when it's running really well? But it's just it's just a gorgeous, nice place to be. Yeah, it is. It's okay. special. It still turns heads, so I even think though that's it's... that's a real option. Yeah, and then I have another one that's even more into the wild card territory, but the Lotus Esprit made me, made me go there. You know the Nobles? Oh. Nobles weren't sold here. They were sold as rolling chassis, rebranded as the Rossian. Mm-hmm. The Rossian Q1 is a noble. I think it was the 500. I could be wrong. Maybe four or 500. It was a noble, okay, from the 2000s. I think it's the 500. Is it? Okay. Rebranded here. Shop the Rossian Q1. It's what it's called. R-O-S-S-I-O-N, I believe I it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So search that. They're around 60 grand ish it's a noble rolling chassis that they put a U.S. engine in, and uh, that feels very similar. Honestly, this is why I went there. It almost feels like it picks up the banner for when the Esprit stopped. Hmm. But it's still pretty raw. Wasn't that the choose-your-own-engine kind of build? To some degree. And dealers be. prepped it for in drop kind of like when you, you when you did the, uh, the Ariel Atom over here. It's the same kind of thing. Which, right. Here are your engine choices. Which way do you want to go? And there was one company. I forget who the name is. But one company that was like spearheading bringing them all over here. Hmm. So I think that's a, a wild card out there. But I, think that, I feel like this is a modern progression of the kind of thing you're looking for. And it's out there. You're not going to see a lot of them. We're going to try to get in one of those as well, actually. So uh, that would be an interesting discussion point. But I, the Esprit made me go there because I do feel like it picks up the banner for when the Esprit stopped. Hmm. Hopefully, Blake, we found you a car. I'm excited wow. for you to get into something just interesting. Yeah. he's. I mean, he's already owns interesting. But... Yes, for sure. But let's get interesting with doors. I'm getting crazy. Interesting. You know what? Here's what's crazy. Your BMW Z1 with the doors <laughs> that drop, that has more creature comforts than his Morgan. It does, actually. It's the BMW Wrangler, and it's got more creature comforts than his Morgan does. I'm still dreaming about that Cosworth, RS Cosworth, too. Hey, Blake, if we come to L.A., can we drive your Morgan? I'm just putting it out there. I'm just saying. (laughs) He might let us. Put it on camera. All right. Well, like I said, if you've got your own debate, please write to us. We've got to jump to questions now on social media. There's a question from Ben Check Davis on Facebook asking (laughs) about his best friend's wife wants to teach his wife to drive stick. 
in his 09 Mazda Speed 3. You know, the one with all the torque steer, right? <laughs> yeah, I The one do. with the turbo light switchy yes. hairpin trigger mm. turbo. Blam, turbo. Be careful. This car turns right. That's yeah. really what happens, yes. He's really asking our opinion. Do I let this happen? Do I not let this happen? There's going to be a lot of giggling involved. <laughs> I suppose the wine should happen later. Later. A- later, not ahead of time. But the giggling ahead of time. will happen. I'm just wondering. I'm, I've been debating this for Have the afternoon. Really? Because... Okay. A lot of people, when they're starting to drive manual transmissions, they have the foot spasm sure, on sure, the throttle, sure, sure. Yeah, and they yeah. inadvertently just blast it all the way yeah. because they're thinking about their left leg and letting the clutch out. And then <laughs> you say, right. give it gas, and they give it all the gas. <laughs> this has, this has, how much gas can I give this? Yeah. And that car is kind of twitchy. It's going to go right. <laughs> it's going to go right. It's going to pull to the right. Yeah. And I just thought, well... Maybe, but it depends on if she, if you trust her and she's a mm-hmm. good teacher because that car could it could work, it, it could work. I'm just I, saying yeah. I like that your best friend. I like that it's the wives doing this. This is the thing that I think is best. That's about what it. I'm attracted. I think it's to. fantastic about it. But then I think if she gets a twitchy right foot, she's just gonna the turbo's gonna come on yeah, in it a is. big way. It is for sure. She's gonna learn about what this whole torque steer thing is about. Big time. And if she yeah. lets the clutch out at all. She's going to be a rocket ship. Yeah. Uh, Ben, I actually. This is why I'm debating this. Seriously. Ben, I actually really like this, but I have a couple of kind of baseline questions you need to answer that that I don't have here in this question. And that is first off, um, does your wife want to learn to drive stick or is she feeling pressured to learn to drive stick? Okay. Yeah. If she genuinely wants to learn, I think that's fantastic. And I think she should. And I also think, Ben, I'm saving you a fight. You should not teach her. Yes, yes. So along comes her best friend. Now, this is the second baseline question. Has your wife's best friend ever driven your Mazda Speed? What's his best friend's wife? His, but still. Either way. They all get along. We're all friends here, is my point. They're getting along. Has she ever driven your Mazda Speed 3? I mean, has she driven? And how how well can she drive stick? Mm -hmm. If she's comfortable driving the car and has driven it, because she's also going to need to be able to explain the realities of how this car drives. If she's comfortable driving stick and has driven your Mazda Speed 3, I think this is a fantastic idea if your wife wants to do it. It saves you a fight. I'm telling you right now, it saves you a fight. (laughs) Because the two of them will just enjoy this experience by and large, and you will get the benefit of the fact your wife learns to drive stick, which is really cool. I say yes, but you've got to establish those baseline questions first. I mean, there's going to be the practice sessions. Once she's up to a particular level, then you and she can go drive together. Oh, and start in in the world's blankest parking lot. Yeah, and there can't like, be the curbs with no, the street of the, lights none in of the, the park, middle. None of the parking curbs. It has no, to be totally that. blank. Yes, but because, because there will be much, like I say, without trying, <laughs> this car will go right. And also, people forget to actually steer. I've yes. noticed this. Oh, yes. Because you're concentrating so hard on this weird starting. clutch thing. When you're first starting, no other actual driving goes actually on. Actually, look yeah. out the front windshield and just point the car in a safe direction please <laughs> hopefully yeah people forget they just stab the throttle jab at it and then they forget what to steer this pedal do uh kevin wrote in on facebook and said with the AutoZam az1 growing in popularity is there any interest in us driving any k cars and i'm going to say a resounding yes Heck yeah i am the small car obsessed guy there's a part of me that wants to see how much of myself i can fold into a k car the AutoZam is is one of those splinters in my mind if i had if i had a, a warehouse with like 10 cars in it, I'd have an AutoZam. I totally I'm, I'm would. I'm flipping the computer around here. So I can You're not you. my friend right 92 now. 92 Mazda AZ1. So that's mm-hmm. what it was marketed under yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. Montu Motors right now for sale. 16.9. It's a six-tenths of a liter three-cylinder yes. car. 
How cool is this yeah, thing? It's, it's it's incredibly cool. It's tiny. It's look at this interior. Cool. This I oh, wish I could show this well, to you. Monty Motors, go look that up. Recently, you and I talked about the Suzuki Cappuccino. Yes. And then a couple yeah. of you sent me links. That was a rabbit hole I was down for a full day <laughs> because of the number of those. And, and the links you sent me, by the way, were, were even more insidious because they were links of companies in Japan that are ready to ship them over. Oh, they want your business and they're ready to ship? It's like this it, – it, was, it, was mm. it was a Japanese website. It was, I mean, a website, but the company was in Japan and it was listed in dollars – so they're they're it ready for orders. This car you can and I'm finding multiple it was it was all bad. I didn't even share with you the 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 terrible fever dream I had this day. Oh no. Because there were multiple Suzuki cappuccinos over there that were like 6 grand and I thought, "Do I need a Suzuki cappuccino?" Do I, need I a really don't. winter car? I really don't. My <laughs> wife would look at me like I'd grown another head. If that got unloaded at the driveway, she'd be like, "What has just happened? Is this a car for our son?" <laughs> And I would giggle so much. So, yes, I want to drive some K cars. Those are the top two on my list, the AutoZam and the uh, Cappuccino. But at some point, we'll get into some because they would be a laugh. I'd like to do the Honda Beat, too. Drive one of those. There's actually one of those locally. We should see if we can get into that. Yeah, see if we can get that. EWH105 on Instagram asked, what is the best model name for a car? Mm. And also the worst. So I'm going to start with the best. Okay. It's all the Lamborghini names. Come on. Oh, sure. Yeah. The Pagani Huayra. That's up there, yeah. The Triumph Spitfire, mm-hmm. the Sunbeam Tiger, and all the Aston names and all the TVR names. Mm. Those are cool names. <laughs> I like all those, okay. But the worst, I've decided, are the Cimarron, okay. the Katera, the Gremlin, <laughs> and the most recent Japanese supercar that's called the Aspark Owl Supercar. It's oh. electric and it's fast and... That sounds fantastic. Kind of ugly and it's terribly named. Aspark do the Owl. Light, do the lights turn all the way around? I'm sure they do. Some, something turns <laughs> something all around. very owl. Yeah. Yes. That's horrible. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, Shane Mulhern asked, do we run winter tires on our SUVs? Yes. You betcha. Yes. All-wheel drive does not solve the winter problem tires do. Nor does weight. No, Nor this is true. does weight. Actually, weight can cause winter problems. Uh-huh. You started off just fine, but stopping's going to be an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, what else? So, oh, Scott D's question, he said, 2020, he's projecting. The show is doing great. Well, oh, let's hope so. Yeah. He said, well, will there be a second annual trip to a track, Pilgrimage 2? Oh. Where will it be? Oh, you and I have talked about this. We have. Have we talked about this on the podcast I don't at think all? we ever have. I don't, I, we've rarely shared this idea. It's actually been bandied about mm-hmm. rather um, frequently, as a matter of fact, Scott. And Co- but would, I would say covertly, because you and I, the, yeah. the thing for us, and a little side note here real quick, the thing for us is, we, as you know, listening to this podcast, literally this podcast is recorded on the weekend we would have been in Germany. I'm okay? yeah. sad to not so be there. So this is the first year in, in four years that we have not gone. We expect to go next year. Just the dates didn't work right this year. Okay, mm-hmm. so we expect to go next year. I would like to get that trip at capacity happening every year indefinitely. You and I want to do that trip indefinitely. Once that happens, and maybe it'll happen simultaneously, we have a whole other trip idea that we would like to do in Europe. That is honestly a little more 
couple friendly. Mm-hmm. Yep. The problem is that once you start expanding out trips in Europe to be more than just a couple of focused days of driving, guess what? The price starts going up. So our concern yeah, has yeah. been the the actual focused uh, ring and spa trip is expensive enough. Once we add other things, and I want you to tell about the trip. Once we add other things, I wonder people's interest. But maybe we should put it out there and see what people think because we do have another idea that we could actually execute fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. It, the the trip is go ahead and look up Ronda, Spain, Scott. Oh, it is pretty. R O N D A. It's a city in Spain. That is uh, in the Malaga province. You can look everything up on the internet about this place. Astounding. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. It just so happens to be pretty close to Ascari Racetrack in Spain. Yes, it is. And the Ascari Racetrack is only a day's drive from Portimao in Portugal. Mm -hmm. And these cities have about the same latitude as Los Angeles in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. So guess when we'd be going. Now, the the trip has not been planned. We Again, the Pilgrimage 1, the, yeah, the yeah, regularly yeah. scheduled mm-hmm. programming is still in the works. It's still <laughs> being planned. And, yeah. and we want that to be very much a thing. But a, a trip like this mm-hmm. would definitely increase the tourism. Hey, let's go spend a day at the beach. Hey, let's go explore totally, Ronda. Totally, yeah, yeah. Let's go drive the cars from... Spain to Portugal along the coast. And and just so you guys know, this is a trip we have talked about at length with our friends at RSR who do all the car rentals for the Ring and Spa. Mm -hmm. They have cars that winter down there. So this would be us kind of piggybacking on an idea they've already built. We're helping them out. Seriously. That's all we're but doing. We, but we talked about them. We talked with, uh, with them about this at length because they have contacts at Ascari, which, of course, is a private racetrack. But if you have the right contacts, and they do, you can get on there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. To, to expound on what you're talking about, it literally would be a day on the coast of Portugal, which doesn't sound like a bad day at all. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, be at the beach or explore town or whatever, and then a day on Portimao, and mm-hmm. then a day driving through Spain. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. these cars, winding up at Ronda, doing a day of tourism in Ronda. They have a crazy bridge. Look it up. It's this medieval city with a crazy oh, bridge. They have, a, they have a thing. My wife will not be doing this. They have a thing where you can climb from the bottom of the canyon up the side walls up under the bridge. You You're can do climbing me. tours. I've looked this up. It looks fantastic. That might be all you. I, I am think, all about I that. I think climbing is to you like watches is to me. It is. You're like, I'm not going to do that, but I respect that you like it. Boy, anyway, that's yeah. high, and yeah. really that's all None you're connected to, happened. huh? But yeah, but here's the thing. You, you enjoy Ronda, Spain for a day, and then you get a day on Ascari. Now, the trip I've already broken down, you, you can see, is the better part of five days and not inexpensive. Yeah, yeah. This is why we haven't kind of put it up on its feet yet. But all the pieces are there. It's really kind of the thing where if we had enough interest, we would go, let's get this rocking. Because it would be like a February, March trip. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. Uh, Pilgrimage 1 is, you know, the fall. Right. Late summer, we'll call it fall. late summer, fall. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. That's uh, That's got to happen. We need a um, reconnaissance trip, I think, first. <laughs> it's only money, right? Yeah. No for, kidding. For sure. All right. What else did you find on here? Uh, Mystic Negro asked a really good question. He asked a question about uh, repetition, for lack of a better way to put it. Oh, sure. So here we are making these episodes. And we try this, to make yeah. them with a certain, uh, and you may not even know this, but all of our work has a certain structure to it. All of our episodes, all of our even YouTube content kind of has a certain structure. Now, it's a loose structure, but we put things in a similar order and that kind of thing. I want to remind you that Paul and I don't work with scripts. Correct. We have talking points, mm-hmm. but you yeah. and I sit down and it's very much like an improv. 
Yeah. For lack yeah. of a better way to put it. You and I are actually working without a script. We have points we've made from because we typically get at least a day of driving before we do our interviews. So we've had some typically. soak time with the car. Sometimes Not whole, fast blasts. Like, sometimes it's like, Turn the well, key, baby. Yeah, exactly. And you're you going. You have 10 minutes. Let best the of thoughts luck. flow. This happens. And, that, and some of those <laughs> fast blasts are crazy how they work well, but you're right. Uh, and that's the thing about the Moab trip. It was just like, well, here we go. But anyway. <laughs> exactly. But we aren't working with a script. Exactly. So we have our talking points and we just go. But then, I, then from an editorial perspective, it, it's the same way that any documentary on the planet is done. The structure is built in editorial. It's not built on the front end with a script. His question is, does that get boring? Mm. Or have we just kind of survived well enough, which is a fair question, survived well enough that it hasn't had a chance to get boring? I want to speak to that on two levels. I want to have a well-oiled machine with post-production before I'm worried about getting, this has gotten boring and let's get crazy. I want it, it all to work really well, and it does work really well. Here we are in season three, and a lot of the stuff, it, it's cutting together well. The pace has increased. Chance is helping me with assistant editing stuff. You've been helping me some. Mm-hmm. We've gotten yeah. the cadence going really well. What's nice is we have the opportunity to break that cadence at least one a season with these adventure episodes. Yep, yep. Which don't have a structure like anything else. We just have this pile of footage, and we go, where's the film in this when you're comparing a couple yeah, of cars, yeah. this section talks about handling. This section section talks about performance. This section, we got to wrap this thing up. When it's an adventure, it's just like, I don't know, which is actually really <laughs> fun, honestly, because we get to find the story and yeah, find the stuff yeah. that's fun and call away the other stuff and hopefully end up with a really cool piece. So that's the stuff that allows us to branch out. As we get bigger, we hope to be able to do more of that because we'll be doing more episodes in general. And I'm going to go a crazy tease that you don't know I was going to tease. Oh, no. I'm not going to divulge here, but you and I have another really strong idea for a TV show. Yeah, that we do. Is very different than what we do now, but is still very Cars, mm-hmm. and yep. we hope at some point to make that a reality. We'll see. That would be a totally different structure. So we're always thinking George is actually Mr. Nico's real name. George, thank you for writing in. And uh, so I guess I'm kind of all over the map on your question, but there's the headspace. Dried Up Fob on Instagram asked about downshifting. How high do you blip the throttle? Hmm. Says, I was having issues with over-revving. Any insight would be helpful. Well, yes, of course, there's plenty of places to find out, you know, the technique Mm -hmm. online, Mm -hmm. which I would say is a follow-up. But the great way to do that is when you know a particular speed, because it depends on the car. It varies car to car incredibly. So let's start with second gear and go the speed that you think you will be wanting to go at, you know, say you're coming into a corner. I want to be going 30 miles an hour coming up to this corner. Okay. Well, drive in second gear at 30 miles an hour, and where is the needle on the tack? You could unpack it that Go way. Look. I see that. I see that, yeah. Where is it at 40? Mm-hmm. Where is it at 50? Are you redlining at that point? Mm-hmm. And then when you are downshifting, then you know, okay, at this speed, I need to rev to just above that figure that I remember seeing mm-hmm. as I was driving along in second gear mm-hmm. at 30, at 40, <laughs> whatever. And I kind of noted where that was. Mm. So you want to just go past that a little, little as the clutch engages. And then, of course, you know, look at your, you know, instructional videos on on uh, all over the web, wherever that's at. There's a ton of feel involved here. It's a lot of Each feel, and car like I say, very different. That's why you kind of have to look. You have to know mm-hmm. what your car is, at what speed in that gear. Where is the tack? You mm. kind of need to know that, and do it in five mile an hour increments. Mm. And then at thirty, do the same thing at thirty, and you know, at at 
I don't know, 50 miles an hour in third gear. Where's the tack? You've gotten like almost spreadsheet specific here. I'm impressed. I think that's okay. kind of what he's looking for, but you need Maybe. at least a benchmark. But because it's easy to say, well, it's all about feel. You're you're listening and you're feeling things. Well, how do you know? Because it's yeah. car to car. Yeah, true. Every engine is different. It revs true, true. easily. Some don't. Uh, you just kind of have to go look. So I would say go do some testing. Mm-hmm. Start with second gear, then go to third. Those are really, you know, unless you're, you know, fourth gear and higher, that kind of thing. When you're going back down through the gears, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have less chance of over-revving. But as soon as you get to second and third gears, that's where the trouble could start. You need to know where that tack will land. I'm going to say that one of the biggest things that helped me heel toe is driving a stick shift every day and trying to heel toe every shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just start because because yeah. here's what happens: you get it wrong a lot. Well, then you also start to know. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I remember from last time that was wrong, but I need to be a little mm-hmm. higher than I thought I was, so it's right at the fifty-five hundred mark mm-hmm. or whatever. You start to learn because here's the crazy thing: like when we drove all the fifty years of the nine eleven, some of those cars were genuinely hard to heel toe, mm-hmm. and the pedal travel varied drastically. So car to car, it's just like, well, this same foot move works in every other car I've driven today, but doesn't work in this one. So you have to really learn how hard's the pedal, how far do I have to, to tilt my foot. I mean, there's so many little things. So if it's your own car, the more you do it, the more you'll just realize that that's the amount. I know that sounds just you know not conclusive. You've been far more conclusive than I have, but it's interesting. How that might be a little bit too specific, but we'll see. Though it's but a good it, place it, to it's start. All of that just practice to find sure. out absolutely where how does how does my car rev in that gear at that speed? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Let's go find out. Andrew asked, uh, he'd love to see another meetup in the Chicago area in the future. Uh, how do we make this happen, and how do we decide on meetups in the first place? Andrew, honestly, honestly, if I could pick it, and, and again, Paul and I are doing more and more for the show, so maybe this will happen, but if I could pick it, we would do like three domestic meetups a year. We mm-hmm. do an East Coast. We do a Middle of the Country. We do a West Coast every year. What we've actually been really doing based on our schedule. Where's that on the calendar? Seriously. What (laughs) we've been really doing based on our schedule is we're trying to get at least one done a year Mm -hmm. that seems to be able to fit. It has last few years into the fall of each calendar year. And so what we've been doing is kind of rotating. A couple years back, we did Chicago. Okay. Last year, we did West Coast. Mm -hmm. This year, we're doing middle of the country. Right. Right. I hope that as early as next year, we'll do a couple and we'll just start staggering through. There's tracks and meetup places all over the nation. Obviously, the next one up, because we're in the middle of the country now, would be East Coast again. But we really try to go, where is there a hole in our shoot schedule? Because that obviously is the first thing. Where is there a hole in our shoot schedule? Right. And then can we find a track that is kind of in the part of the country that's next up that has that's interesting to us and has a track date in that hole. And that's why the Utah thing has worked out. Yeah, this agreed. Year. So we'll see. We, we've talked about, I don't know if we will, we've talked about maybe trying to go to Laguna again in November, but then we're also looking at our shoot schedule and trying to go, is that going to work? Because right, we know what right. the date for Laguna would be yeah. in November again. Can we get the, enough stuff shot? And maybe we can, but we aren't even putting that on the calendar yet because oh, we're trying so to get to do before then. season four and this Utah meetup done first. Yeah. Wow. All right. So last question for me is from Thomas G22 Instagram says that he would love to start making car review videos for fun, but have been told that he has a face for radio. What do I do? (laughs) Thomas. I have so many thoughts here. I want to leave it with this for you. And that is one of the great pleasures in life in anything is going and doing the thing that everybody tells you you can't. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That is honestly how Todd and I have Mm -hmm. done what we've done. Mm -hmm. And it applies to anything. 
YouTube videos, whatever it is, the yeah. thing that you want to go do, and everybody says you can't, and you yeah. go and figure out a way to do it anyway. Well, that's huge. It's it's one of those. It's an actually something I heard when I was an adult. I never heard this growing up. It was not the way I was raised. I was raised by Ned Flanders. It was not the way I was raised. Okay, <laughs> who has he a son driving Ned who, Flanders? Who has a son named Todd? Anyway, um, <laughs> no. So yeah, but but I I heard somebody say this as an adult, and I went, "That is something I wish I'd heard earlier." And that is asking for forgiveness, not permission. Now you can take that way too far the other way. When you realize I was raised by Ned Flanders, this was revelatory to me. Mm. And I was already not going to go too crazy because I was raised by Ned Flanders. So um, <laughs> I, I'm going to keep driving that joke home because it's so, so true. Anybody saying this my, word. Everybody meets my dad kind of goes, oh, yeah, there it is. I, I see not it think though. it means, but you think it means. Yeah, anyway. So, uh, so that freed me up to try things versus waiting on permission to happen because mm-hmm. yeah. this show is a great example. My, my best follow-up question for you, though, is why do you want to do reviews? Do you want to do them just because you would like to do them and try it out? At that point, I say, who cares? Right, right. Who cares? Exactly. If you want to do them because you want to put yourself out there and get other people's commentary, brace yourself. (laughs) That's a whole different level. Okay. But if you're just doing it for fun, you want to say you did it and you want to try to learn to edit and shoot and all these kind of things, it doesn't matter what any of us look like. And I will also say this to you, personal side note. Before starting this show, I was never vain. Oh, please. No, no. Seriously, I was never vain. I didn't care. <laughs> Once you start looking at your own face a lot in the edit room, you start oh. going, I really need to brush my hair better. I need to worry about the fact that that shirt looks terrible. These things strike you. I, I, here's We're all very critical of ourselves. I'm but, the same way. I know, but, but, it, but it was funny to me to realize, two or three years into doing the show, to realize that honestly, before I started the show, I almost never thought about how I looked. Mm, mm. Two or three years into doing the show, after staring at my, my own face <laughs> at editorial over and over and over, I started going, I got some stuff to worry about. You know? I mean, it just oh, happens. So, so brace yourself for that reality, too. You will suddenly be like, I'm surprisingly vain. Yeah, anyway. Hey, you've got hair to brush. You know, be happy. True. And it's, but it's still all over the place, which is oh, part whatever. of the fun. All right. Well, guys, we'll end it there. Thank you a million for writing into us. We really appreciate your questions, as well as social media questions. And we're definitely looking forward to the next time. Cheers, everyone. Hey, it's Shaq, your official spokesperson for Podcast One Sportsnet. And 2019 is starting off in a very big way, thanks to my friends and exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. I'm not sure what kind of gift you got this holiday season, but I'm betting (laughs) it's not as good as an all-expenses-paid trip to the big game. That's right, we're talking round-trip flight, hotel, VIP tailgate party, and tickets to the big game for you and the guests here in my town of Atlanta, Georgia. How do you enter? Simple. Go to BetOnline.ag, sign up for a BetOnline.ag account, Use the promo code BIGGAME and enter in the contest. Our exclusive partners at betonline.ag have the golden tickets to the big game. Don't miss out. This promotion ends January 28th. Visit betonline.ag today for all the details and use the promo code BIGGAME. Game. Game. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.